The following is rated S for spoilers. Takes more than that, doesn't it? What, to steal from the Empire? What do you need? A uniform, some dirty hands, and an Imperial toolkit? <laughs> They're so proud of themselves, they don't even care. They're so fat and satisfied, they can't imagine it. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Hangover. My name is Alex and today we are going to be discussing Andor, the newest Star Wars show on Disney Plus created by Tony Gilroy, starring a whole band of goons, Diego Luna, Kyle Soler, Stellan Skarsgård, Genevieve O'Reilly, and Denise Gao, releasing initially on September 21st of 2022, concluding on November 23rd of 2022. Today, uh, I am once again missing Graham, but don't worry because we have Brenda Genesco making, making a grand return to the podcast to talk about one of his favorite shows, I feel like, uh, in recent memory. Brendan, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Happy to be back. Yeah. Ready to roll. This is fun. Like the, going to be the sixth man of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. How is this trending? <laughs> Better be up for an award or something. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a, uh, a, a favorite guest award every year. Let's go. Voted Let's on go. by the fans. Brendan, mm-hmm. what were, what were your thoughts on Andor? Cause I, I feel like yeah. in the discussions I've had with you, I feel like you really, really liked this show. Yeah, no, I arguably, this has got to be my favorite piece of Star Wars content to hit Disney Plus, I think. Okay. Even uh, more than Mandalorian? I, I, I think so. Okay. I think so. The only, the only thing that Mandalorian has going for it, which is probably something we'll chat about later, is, is mm-hmm. the fact that we do see Luke Skywalker eventually in there. Right. So I think, I think that's like the only thing that may differentiate the two, but this show is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was a week where I was really kind of mm, like, not sure. You know, I think mm-hmm. throughout the whole thought, the whole series, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty interested. It started off a little slower than I had anticipated, Yeah, but with them giving them those extra episodes, it just, it made all the difference. It really mm-hmm. helped them explore the character arcs and give these, these, these characters the time that they really needed. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I really do believe that this is some, some top tier stuff that we're seeing here. Yeah, really absolutely. Uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out what my thoughts are on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I need to. I want to, I just need to sit down and watch it again is really what needs to happen. Cause yeah. in general, I don't like shows. I prefer movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the reason I don't like shows is because of shows like this, where there's a million, it's called Andor and I'm going to go into yeah. this show, show expecting to be watching something about Cassian Andor and mm-hmm. all this stuff with Andor was fantastic. I loved it. But then we have all of these other side stories that I just didn't care about. Uh, mm-hmm right off the get go. And some of them I did learn and end up growing to care about, but at least to start, mm-hmm. I just didn't, I, I still could care less about the, the guard who got fired at the mm-hmm. first three episodes and then went to Coruscant and got yelled at by his mom every couple of episodes. I don't, yeah. I couldn't care less about it. I don't even know the guy's yeah. name. Uh, <laughs> like it's just, there was, there's a lot of extra stuff that I didn't care about, but that being said, like, mm-hmm. When looking at it objectively, I can acknowledge the fact that it was that style of show was done really brilliantly. Like 
in terms of like story, if you look at across all 12 episodes, like you start with the inciting incident, every single event that happened ended up affecting something that would happen later. And you could just, you can follow yeah. everything very clearly. There's no just random jumps or acts that happen for no reason that massive yeah. coincidences. It's everything kind of all these parallel stories all affects all have different effects that when you get to the finale, bring everybody together and starts the rebellion. Yeah in its biggest form at that point in time. And so I can, I can acknowledge the brilliance of it. Just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. At least on, yeah. a, on a, on a first watch. On a first watch, like wasn't for you in terms of like the show just was bad. Like what was your rating? Like what would you rate it out? Of I don't five, I guess. Uh, I don't, that's a good question. I, a three or a four. And honestly, like I feel like the best, yeah. the best, uh, the best way to do it is like just go on TikTok. I did like a weekly rundown, like yeah. a like yeah, yeah, yeah. reaction. Oh, you're all into of the your episodes. Um, and you can kind of see like where the shift happened. Like the first three episodes, for mm. example, it yeah. should have just been one, maybe ninety minute long premiere. It did not need yeah. to be three episodes. Like while. Some of the stuff was really cool, especially that third episode, like the the sequence in the uh, like the mill or whatever, like the whole action yeah, sequence. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really cool ideas and things that are sprinkled in. But yeah, I feel like those first episodes took so long to yeah. to get to the point. Um, mm. The stuff on Aldani, I, I feel like there were two episodes of him them wandering around being like, we have a plan. We're not going to tell you the plan because yeah. we want you to be surprised when you do the heist, but we have a plan. Let's practice. Cut away. They come back mm -hmm. like, wow, what a great practice. Let's practice again. And they cut yeah. away to other stuff. And then, then we get the Aldani heist. But like, I didn't need two episodes mm -hmm. of you prepping for the heist without you actually yeah, like, like telling like, me anything. Or in like, you're yeah. just developing these characters that do end up having an impact on Cassian. And I think mm -hmm. when you look at it big picture, like I feel like you can see a lot of how they were taking Cassian in Rogue One and explaining yeah, yeah. a lot of his tendencies. And I think that was really, really cool. Um, maybe a little unnecessary for a side character and a side story. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's, it's a cool idea, and I do appreciate that aspect of it. But I feel like they had these arcs that were just really spread out um, because they had all of the story they needed to tell. And so... They needed all 12 episodes, but I really wish it wasn't 12 episodes. I think would be my, my one sentence yeah. re review. It needs to be 12 to like have the full impact of the finale. Yeah. But I just don't want to watch all 12 of them. I get that. Yeah, my only... I, I'm like right at a 4.5 out of 5. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so good. I liked it a lot. And part of the... Part of that is probably because of like those last few episodes and the mm -hmm. whole prison arc is just so good. The I mean, prison arc was just pure perfection. I, I don't think anything is going to come close to topping that for a while. And I think it's because we're both such big fans of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And we got like that mini series inside of this that just mm -hmm. felt so Clone Wars-esque, yep. you could say. And it was beautiful and it's just, it's just cool to see that in live action mm -hmm. and not just get thrown with a bunch of nostalgia type stuff at your face and some uh -huh. like spotty, you know, virtual production work and, you know, all that stuff. And, and this just really, really felt refreshing in that department. 
Mm-hmm. But my two my two knocks would be what you kind of stated was a few pacing issues at the beginning and who even who why are we even following this prison guard like I know there's there a was, season two I would but, love to go I needed to go back through before this before we recorded this I should have went through and just yeah. recorded how many minutes this dude was on screen by himself like and, there's no point I don't and maybe I'm missing because I have seen so many reviews praising. Kyle saw like he had such a great performance. Like he was, it was such yeah, a, yeah. it was such a dark, like, uh, uh, like reflection of like what obsession looks like. And I was like, that's fine. If I mm-hmm. want to, if I wanted that, I'll go watch whiplash or black swan. I'm not yeah. going to go sit here and watch this kid get yelled at by his mom because he doesn't have a job. Like I don't, I don't care. I want it felt like a personal attack. I was just, you know, <laughs> Pause. Please no more. Well, this is Star Wars. It's supposed to be a fantasy. I don't. I don't need this realism in my life. Get out of here. No, the the realism was yes part of the reason why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it really blurred the lines for me between Star Wars and something that felt much more like down to earth, very very dirty. It felt like I was in the trenches almost. Like mm-hmm. normally, you get such a like big picture. When you're watching Star Wars content, it's like, oh, this is what's going to change the course of, you know what I mean, the fate. And mm-hmm. this ties into that. But, oh, man. And I think that's part of the reason why we liked Rogue One so much was we got a little bit more of that, yeah. like, micro piece. Even though there's this big overarching story that's moving forward, they did mm-hmm. such a good job with our characters and with the supporting cast. And this just took it to another weather, ooh, another, another <laughs> level. Um and the first time I even really heard about this show was when we went to go watch Rogue One again mm-hmm. in theaters. And we got the little sneak peek for the show. Mm-hmm. And right when I watched that sneak peek, I was like, dude, this is going to be good. Yeah. I am very excited. Just what we saw there was, it was mm-hmm. a really good taste. It was perfect. So, yeah, I there's definitely a few issues with the realism. Gosh, man, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, there's. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll try to find it and I'll link it in the show notes below. But there's a really great article. I think mm-hmm. it's just on StarWars.com with Tony Gilroy and talking about uh, how mm-hmm. like the the mindset going into creating this show. Because again, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous to make an entire show about a side character from some side movie who ends up dying at the end. Like it's not like there's yeah. any yeah. more story to tell on the surface. Yeah. Um, and s- just hearing about like their approach and how like, yeah, they were taking rogue one and like the, the grittiness of it. And then they just dialed that level up to 10. Um, Mm -hmm. and just, I like how we we're seeing different aspects of the star Wars universe. And one of our very early episodes we did, we did a star Wars episode and I made Mm -hmm. the very bold claim (laughs) that in 10, 20 years. Yeah. Star Wars will be the greatest cinematic universe of all time because the MC was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's great, but it's all yeah. very linear. There's one massive play and it was always a plan, but Star Wars was not mm-hmm. that way. And they are filling in all of these gaps. And I think that makes it a much more impressive feat than the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. The MCU walked so Star Wars can now run. Um, and that might yeah. be a bit of an o- over dramatic statement, but like, I don't know, just. It was, they're they're taking things that we already know. We know the Empire's evil, Mm. but then they're showing us, like, 
Yeah. Like Cassian gets sentenced to prison for six years, not because he robbed uh, an Imperial yeah. vault, but for nothing. Right. Like the thing that he actually yeah. did was fine, but this, he did, he was just a bystander and he was arrested for six years. Um, and even just like small details, like how I thought it was the post credit scene was just brilliant to me. Uh, because he spends all his time building this stuff and he's like, it must be important to them. And the fact that the thing that he was building is a thing that was ultimately his demise, um, is so like poetic, I guess. Um, and I don't, there's just a lot of, a lot of very small, subtle things where like, we know how this all works. We know how it all ends, but seeing all Mm -hmm. the intricacies of it, like built out and fleshed out in a show, I think. Yeah. is making a lot of Star Wars fans very very happy. Yeah. Yeah, getting the <laughs> getting the complete picture definitely helps. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember listening to that episode of you guys early on when you first started the pod and I think I remember hearing you say something like that. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think the ability for them especially with stuff like this to be able to kind of rewind the clock Mm-hmm. and get these kind of minute stories where we get characters. And I think one of the things that really helps them in this situation is they know everyone already loved this character. Right. So it kind of took out a lot of the guesswork. Like they knew that this was going to be successful, which allowed mm-hmm. them to stretch. I hope that piggybacking off of this success, that it allows them, it gives them the courage to keep making more content like this mm-hmm. and being able to feel confident in creating brand new characters without, you know what I mean? Too much concern, but right. I think that in terms of what we're seeing from star Wars versus the MCU right now, I think, I think it's trending mm-hmm. towards what you're saying. I think, and the fact that star Wars has already been around for so long, right. I mean, it's as far as a cinematic universe stands, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, can't really come close to how intricate all the comics are, but in terms yeah. of movies and what's on screen, mm-hmm. I think Star Wars is gonna is probably gonna surpass, especially with unless MCU turns their turns their stuff around. I think mm-hmm. I think they're gonna they're gonna start. Apparently, apparently, apparently they are. Feige Feige said that they're gonna focus on more quality over quantity after Phase Four, so we'll see know. if they actually I mean, stick to that. Um, People have been screaming for it forever. Yeah. So I think I think mm-hmm. they're smart enough to know. Hey, <laughs> enough people get upset, we're gonna have problems. We yes. want to keep people happy. So we want to get back to that secret formula where everyone shows mm-hmm. up to the theaters no matter what we do. Got to keep them. Got to keep them happy. And Star Wars is doing that too. Like we're not gonna get another Star Wars movie for yeah a couple more years. Like Star Wars is kind cool. of kind of figured that out. Uh, they had a rough patch with the yeah. sequel trilogy, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Sequel trilogy could potentially be saved. Um, I mean, we have Andy Serkis yep. and Andor, and we have Andy Serkis in the sequel trilogy. According yeah. to according to him, he's according to Andy Serkis, the two characters are not at all related. But we don't actually mm-hmm. see what happens to Kino Loy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all. That was. Gosh, he was so good. He was so yes. good. There's, there's nothing, I think, almost out of every arc I've ever watched out of Star Wars, I don't think it'll ever come close to as good 
as what that was. That mm-hmm. was just phenomenal. The only thing better as far as straight story-wise that I think was written better and had maybe a little bit more impact was that last, like, three the episodes. The Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that. That that is, like, something that you're never going to be able to touch, mm-hmm. like, really top, because Order 66, just the way that just works and flows. Yes. And especially from our point of view as, like, kids growing up with that show. Mm-hmm. And, Seeing literally growing with the show has a little bit different perspective, so we yeah. might be a little biased on that. Well, even even just seeing how fantastic. the clones aren't just faceless villains like the Empire yeah. turns them into, which is what this show really mm-hmm. kind of emphasized was just how yeah, just oh, like they don't care about anything. Like they know they're in control, yeah, and that ends up being their ultimate demise. But like with with Siege of Mandalore, like it was so impactful because mm-hmm. you're seeing these people who are being forced to do something that they don't want to do. Like they were created, yeah. they thought they were created for something more and it ended up being, I don't know. It's, I go on and on about teaching Mandalore. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's so good. It's crazy, but yeah, no, 10 out of 10. I think we do got to talk about how good this show looked too. Uh, just from a visual standpoint, right? Y- yes. So this show had, an estimated budget of fifteen to twenty-five million dollars per per episode, which is pretty, mm-hmm. which is pretty standard for these Disney Plus shows. Uh, but the thing that sets that budget, the thing that sets it apart from, especially the other Star Wars shows, is how they were on almost all p- practical sets. They were on location mm-hmm. as often as possible. Like, and I think that helped sell the realism. That's something that Tony Gilroy talked about. Was like, yeah, you can't. While it's really cool you know, to have the big LED screens that Mando uses for Mando. It works for this show that would have completely destroyed uh, the vibe that they were going for and the look that they were going for. Yeah. It would have been so hard to achieve Mm -hmm. some of the things that they did virtually on those, on those sets. Yeah. No, I think really good call going Mm -hmm. more practical. And I think moving forward, the more they can, get away with that the better mm-hmm. i think i think we can get some good stuff it's so tough because you never really you never really know like which one's gonna be better you know like yeah it's so tough because the mandalorian did it so well and they executed it so well mm-hmm. and we saw what it can be but then also it's like well like with boba fett and Obi-Wan, you know, we saw some of those imperfections and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see what this new ep- this new season of Mando is and yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd hope it wouldn't be limited to just Mandalorian, right? Like you're like, okay, hopefully like there's other ways that they can use this technology mm-hmm. to make it work. But man, yeah. Um, yeah, just the realism in this show, the way it looked mm-hmm. was incredible that's one of the few things that like kept me engaged on those episodes where i just yeah, yeah. i just wasn't engaged at all um mm-hmm. i know a lot of people would disagree with me on that uh <laughs> but there were yeah. there were a couple episodes where i was just like why i think the, the episode after aldani yeah. uh where it's just like just a bunch of banter about nothing like i was yeah. i remember seeing there like why what is happening <laughs> Well, I don't care about any of this. Andor yeah, just got sent were... to prison. What's going on with that? I want to hear about this prison, yeah. which yeah. I keep going back to the prison. But like we said, it's one of the greatest things. 
the yeah. the sci-fi of that prison was so cool like how that's something mm-hmm. something we were talking about in that article was like how like they didn't want to just create another prison that we've all seen a million times before because like ultimately the prison breaks a prison break but like yeah yeah the the fact that like the floors electrify you and like you have to walk around barefoot and like yeah just the constant fear that any moment someone could flick a switch and you could suffer that much or and potentially die like that is yeah. such a cool sci-fi idea mm-hmm. for a prison yeah no really really unique mm-hmm. something that definitely helped them out a lot here mm-hmm. and just just works just yeah. works yeah i yeah. was i was just in love the entire time visually mm-hmm. it looked fantastic this story kept me in you know what i mean it kept me up to pace and even when like when you had some of those slower segments and you're like okay why are we here like i could at least just sit there and appreciate how well you know what i mean mm-hmm. it looks nice there was never really a scene that i was like eh, maybe yeah. but everything just looks so cohesive yeah and looked very like it felt like you were in the Star Wars universe the mm-hmm. whole time. I never really felt at any point. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm not in Star Wars. I'm somewhere else, or I'm looking at an LED wall. You know, like I, the whole time I was felt like I was there with the characters. Even seeing that, a practical Coruscant, which I don't think we've ever seen before, like that yeah. still felt like Coruscant. Yeah, definitely. It was something pretty special. Mm-hmm. The airport. The airport. Oh my god. <laughs> Coruscant Airport was uh-huh. such a such a good idea. Like hats off to these producers and these like location scouts. They did such a good job finding these places. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. It felt like felt like cinema. Even you know what I mean? Even yeah. though it's a TV show, it, it felt like cinema. Like these people were mm-hmm. really trying to to push the boundaries of what they could do. And I think even in that in that preview we saw before Rogue One. Mm-hmm literally said this is going to be one of the best visually appealing shows that you're going to see. And I mean, was not lying to us. Yeah. (laughs) Was not lying. That was, Mm -hmm. that was something special. And, and even like some of the aspects that aren't practical, like, Oh my gosh, like the meteor shower. That was insane. I like the whole time they were talking about it. I'm like, dude, please just let me see this now. Like Mm -hmm. I just give it to me. I know this is going to look so good. Just please let Uh me see it. And it looks so good. And mm-hmm. then, gosh, just besides the prison scene, the next best thing in this show was Luthen escaping the freaking tractor beam. I thought that oh was the coolest God. thing of all time. Oh. I had some coworkers who were like, that was so stupid. Like, it was so boring. They had to throw on some, like, stupid fake lightsaber thing. Like, no, oh. that was so cool. <laughs> It was so good. Imagine watching that in the theater. See, I still think I would have loved to get this. Like, just release mm-hmm. three episode arcs in theaters over mm-hmm. the course of a year. God, it'd be so fun. That would be. It'd be that so would be really cool. Good. And, and with that scene. scene too, I liked how throughout the show we saw the progression that the empire was taking. Like mm-hmm. the tractor beam wasn't some like thing you don't actually see yeah. on a star destroyer. It was actually. It was it's newer technology, so it was like this yeah. big, this whole big satellite dish looking thing. Like I liked how yeah. we're actually seeing like things progress because they just didn't happen overnight. We saw actual clone yeah. troopers marching around. Like we 
we get to see the stormtroopers evolve and mm-hmm. come to life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many great really things. Cool. Uh, yeah. We're not done talking Andor, but do you have any like, do you have any final thoughts for just, you know, season one of Andor or like predictions or things you want to see for season two? Yeah. Season two. I'm, I'm interested to see how the dynamic between Luthen and Andor works. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to, it was really cool just right out the rip when they first met, mm-hmm. even though it was like three or whatever, but like right when they first right. met, I was like, oh, these two are going to be like gold story-wise, mm-hmm. just interaction, the, what do you call it? The dynamic, how they, how they interact with each other. is just, uh-huh. I think both of them fun. being so distrusting Mm-hmm. Is going to be really interesting to like watch, yeah. like watch the two dance around yeah. trying to get what they both want. Do we think? Do we think Luthen's a, a Jedi? Do we think All right. he's like a? That's uh, <laughs> we going there? Is that later? That's, a, that's a very popular theory going around. You know Man. what? That that's a fantastic segue. Uh, that I'm, yeah. I'm going to make into a segue because uh, we're okay. asking the question: Is Andor really Star Wars? Because a lot of the critics of this mm. show. Um, have complained about how like this is very uh not star warsy um and we're gonna kind of look at like critic scores versus audience scores for different like star wars projects and things um next segment like i i want to break down like how andor is almost isn't star wars kind of like how like joaquin phoenix's joker isn't really batman um mm. So yeah, we're going to talk about that next segment and the lack of Jedi and Andor. That's how we're, that's how I'm tying that all together. Uh, So stay tuned uh, to hear all about that. We are back discussing Andor. A show that Brendan really loved and I I I kind of liked. Um <laughs> uh so yeah, this when the first like I think the when the premiere came out actually, there were some coworkers of mine who were talking. Um and I don't completely agree with like his arguments, but the yeah. statement that he made that just made me think a little bit was he said Andor just isn't Star Wars. Um and he was making all sorts of stuff like you need clone troopers and lightsabers and all this, and that's what Star Wars is. Um, and I don't think Star Wars necessarily needs to have all those things, but I do think it is an interesting point, um, an interesting statement to that Andor isn't Star Wars because when you when you break it down, there is so much of this show that isn't what we're used to seeing from mm-hmm. something that has been going on for so long, and that I mean people are constantly saying like, this was like my star Wars. Like, I don't know. Star Wars has such a big impact on so many people um, that when you change it as drastically as Andor has, uh, it's going to ruffle some feathers. Uh, Like, I mean, we already kind of discussed some of them, uh, the look of the show with it not being super CG. I mean, the prequel trilogy is, I don't know why they hired anybody um, like any actual actors because everything was CG. (laughs) Uh, like, so we have like lots more practical stuff going on. The score on this show, uh, we didn't talk about this. The score was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, but it was not the big romantic era style music that we're used to hearing. It wasn't John Williams score. Like even 
Ludwig Gorgensen mm. with the Mandalorian theme, like while it is kind of his own yeah. thing, he then brings in all the horns and everything and he makes it grand and makes it feel yeah. like Star Wars. Um, here it was totally different. Uh, so like there's just a lot of different things that Andor did that wasn't very Star Wars. So like, were there any other things, Brendan, that you noticed that were just very non-traditional for for Star Wars? I don't know. I mean, for me personally, it felt like it checked all the boxes that mm-hmm. I needed to think Star Wars. Okay, well, well, then what are those boxes? I mean, those boxes are, there has to be some kind of battle between good and bad. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, it has to be a center focal point of, mm-hmm. of what's going on. There's got to be some kind of opposing force. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next box is obviously the space planet type stuff. Um, yeah. Anything to do with that kind of world building. There's mm-hmm. got to be some unique set locations. There's got to be some unique something, something that you don't think would exist on Earth, you know, happening right. or some kind of scenario or, you know, whether it be the different races or whatever, like something that just helps separate you from mm-hmm. an average show with, you know, normal space politics type stuff. Yeah. I think that the next thing for me, and this is a big one is like the weapons and okay. the, like the ships specifically, mm-hmm. like for me to think star Wars, I need to hear those tie fighter noises. I need to see those star destroyers. I need to mm-hmm. see like, just the way the guns look, shoot, feel mm-hmm. like just it has to be Star Warsy, or it doesn't really feel Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show brought that for sure. Uh, the only thing that might have been missing was I like the only thing that I appreciate more than some really good storylines is just some bad as lightsaber fights that is all i want like Uh really good choreography like choreographed lightsaber fights whether it's animated or not i don't discriminate i love it (laughs) either which way Uh give me some cool looking stuff and recently the live action lightsaber fights have not delivered Uh (laughs) so um, i mean obi-wan darth vader was kind of cool it was fun it wasn't it it wasn't like top tier but yeah. it wasn't bad, I don't think. The uh, last one. I mean, Their first fight was pathetic, but the last fight. Yeah, the last one, if that didn't happen, I would have been so pissed. <laughs> I, w- I would have been throwing stuff out of the window. I would have been so mad. Uh-huh. But in general, I think the fact that this doesn't have a lightsaber battle, that mm-hmm. it can mess up, borderline helps it. Because Interesting I'm just point. Gonna okay. I'm just going to critique every single thing I see lightsaber-wise, yeah. unless it's like, just flawless. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big, a big thing for me. Cause it might've just been cause I was younger when I watched episode three, but you just can't, it just doesn't get much better than those, those prequels lightsaber. You know what I mean? It's just uh, that, so good. to uh, an extent, to an extent uh, it's, it's for me, I'm taking out of it because it's just, it's so ridiculous <laughs> because nothing's real. Like, if it's animated, that's one thing, because it's, like, supposed to be that way. But then when yeah. you see it live action, they're limited by what the actors can do, but it's all CG anyway. Yeah. So then it's like, mm-hmm. why why don't you just CG the actor, too? <laughs> but true. that's just it's me true. being... I'm very, very petty about the fact that the prequels are all CG, but that's that's neither here nor there. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that list. I think that's a solid one. Uh, and I mean, we yeah. got all those things uh, with this show. Like, Ooh. even when, when you say, like, weapons, yeah. uh, I just think, in general, just the way that normal, everyday items look, uh, mm. the funeral yeah. procession that they had, like, the horns, yeah. they could have just made normal horns like any other mm. sci-fi show would do. But and so yeah. they added all these extra little elements to them. Like, you could tell that they're playing yeah. a flute, yeah. But it looks very distinctly mm-hmm. sci-fi and different, just like they yeah. did with their initial cantina band in episode four. Like, you know, they yeah. they kind of they kept that style going, and like that puts you more into that world. Um, the suits—that's that—that's the one thing with the weird uh, with the weird cop dude that got sealed up by his mom. That's the one thing I appreciated was seeing mm-hmm. what a suit looks like in the Star Wars universe. That like, was so The weird funny. little tie yeah. thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Yeah. And that the was, cubicles. I loved that, that so much. Little, yeah. To see kind of a little slice of life with Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, it's good. I think it's still Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's something that we're not used to, but dude, it was phenomenal. And, I, yeah. How do you not want that? Like, man. Well, and I, I think that's also another way that like, Andor deviates from Star Wars while also mm-hmm. elevating it is the yeah. all the slice of life stuff because Star Wars typically is just we gotta go fight this battle we gotta defeat the bad guy but like yeah there's just the first three episodes of this show are basically yeah. just we're just gonna show you what life is like on this tiny little planet they have mm-hmm. like a little anvil clock guy and here's what it looks like to go to work every day and like I don't know yeah. like there was lots of Lots of little things that, as a Star Wars fan, were super interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I thought some of them destroyed the pacing, uh, and I don't know if it was worth it. I know mm-hmm. a majority of people disagree with me. Uh, here's a fun fact that we didn't get to. Uh, the reception for this show. Uh, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes has a 96% critic score and an 85% audience score. IMDb has yeah. an 8.4 overall. Um, the highest episode being episode 10 with a 9.5. That's when they do the prison break. Um, and the lowest episode was episode two with a 7.3. Um, so the fact that the average is 8.4 really shows you the spread, uh, that this whole show had, it was all over the place, um, in terms of IMDb ratings. So yeah, that's just, uh, if, if you were curious and waiting to hear about that, uh, Mm -hmm. there you go. Um, yeah, so, like, I feel like the biggest thing, though, that, like, separates Andor from the rest of Star Wars um, mm-hmm. is that Andor is so gritty, and normally Star Wars is very fantastical. Yeah, it feels polished, almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. comparing this, like, episode, like, with the original Star Wars, like, that's all, if you think about it, like, Luke's parents... Luke's aunt and uncle are burned in their house. And then he like goes on this great adventure and he saves a princess and it's all like happy go lucky, like whatever, like Luke should be a very tragic character. And they kind of explore that later on, but like he seems like a nice, happy dude. Like, Oh, I got a, I got a lightsaber guys. Like I'm going to go fight people. Like it's, I don't know. It feels very fantastical. Whereas here, like right off Mm. the bat, like we're in the slums and like, we've seen some of this before, but like the curtain is really pulled back. He's like talking to a prostitute and then he goes and he murders people. Um, like it's, it's so dark and gritty. And even like you were saying, like it's, it has to be about good versus evil. Um, Mm. in a new hope, 
that is very cut and dry. It is you are yeah. everyone is purely good or they are purely evil in that mm-hmm. movie. Whereas in here, like you see both sides to the of the coin. Like the Empire yeah, yeah. is pretty much entirely evil, but I almost feel like part of the officer guy's arc was showing that they are sometimes just people who believe in a cause. But then on the rebel side, like you're having discussions where Luthen is like, Hey, I know that this big rebel leader is going to get massacred. Do I stop him or, and Mm -hmm. tell the empire we know, or do we just let him go and die? And like the fact that they're showing the darkness of the rebellion and of that good, just, it takes that to a whole new level. It's not just, it's it's not so cut and dry anymore. It's still good versus evil. But it's yeah. not. There's still a little bit of a gray area where there is there is a line that can be crossed. Yeah, and it almost feels like we get a little bit of that within the Jedi Council in general. Because that's true. Sometimes they're like. Sometimes we'll see characters explore like like. Am I really a Jedi? You know, like mm-hmm. they have a, they have some issues with what they do fighting in the Clone Wars, like mm-hmm. they did, like. Like, are we supposed and to be warriors? That's the show that I want. I know that they're trying to, like, go away mm-hmm. from a lot of that. But that's what I yeah. I really want a show that tackles the corruption within the council I need it during so the Clone Wars. I, oh, honestly, honestly, I mean, Alan Rickman's gone, so maybe we shouldn't do a young Count Dooku. But a young Count Dooku, be like, with what we got with Tales of the Jedi, like, just those stories and live action would be so cool. Or even just make a show about Qui Gon, a Qui Gon spinoff would be so good, and could just explore all those ideas of like of the corruption, like what is it to be a Jedi, and oh, that could be brilliant. And maybe Ahsoka will tackle that a little bit because that was also kind of her whole arc Mm -hmm. was realizing that's not that's not what the Jedi is. So maybe we'll get get some of that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would be very surprised if we didn't get a little bit. I really just want if I can get old Republic stuff, yeah. Like Republic what we've already kind of seen, just expand upon that. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite segments out of the entire mm-hmm. Star Wars universe. Anything else I'm like kinda like, eh, whatever. I kinda some of the some of the stuff we're getting now that revolves around the rebellion so much is kinda cool, but also we've seen it so much, it's right. getting a little old. I wanna see I want to see something a little different. Mm-hmm. I think we can change it up. And I don't know if that's partly because they've invested so much into this like world building. It's easy mm-hmm. for them to just keep pumping out stories that are set in this stage where there's the empire right. and the rebellion or it's well, and the I first think, order I think, or it's the re- rebellion. It just, I am going to ignore the sequel trilogy. I just, I prefer to pretend that it doesn't exist, but it does not happen. But when it comes to like, I feel like Disney is self-aware enough to know that the original trilogy is the best that Star Wars has to offer um, as a whole. Um, And when it comes to audience, that's what their main audience is going to come back for. And so I feel like they're really trying to capital, like they're just, they're grinding every ounce of story that they can pull out of the original trilogy to, to bring in that audience. Cause if they introduce it in old Republic, I mean, you would have your hardcore star Wars fans. who would be really excited. You have the fans who mm-hmm. like played like Knights of the old Republic and everything. They'd be excited, but you would, 
it would be so new to so many people that I wonder if their concern is it wouldn't sell as well, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and maybe even cut your losses. Like, they mm-hmm. know that these shows are a little bit more, I guess, easier to cost recover than movies, per se. So, you know. Potentially, I like still it. just don't understand how how release. they are able to justify $25 million per episode off Disney Plus subscriptions. I, my brain cannot comprehend it. I just, so it they're doesn't. About to, they're about to go up. What is it, 12 now? I think it's I think it's gonna be 10, 12 soon, right? A 12 month. what? Oh, is it dollars a month? I think it I think it's going up. Oh, it was eight ninety nine for quite a while, and I think they're right. I think they're, I think they're bumping it up in the end of the year. I mean, they're gonna have to if they keep making shows oh. like this. I don't. Yeah, I, I just don't. I cannot comprehend how it's profitable, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, they may be seeing a little bit of that. Like, I think originally. When I saw reviews coming out, I saw that the show wasn't doing that great as far as viewership was going. I don't know. No, if you yeah, Andor, Andor was. Too. It's not doing what they were really wanting it. Wanting yeah, Andor them. was not as successful as they had hoped. Um, yeah. Here's here's a question I have for you. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you I don't know if you saw this, but I saw that uh, they actually showed the first two episodes of Andor um, on cable during like the Thanksgiving week, like that Wednesday, like that Thursday, Friday, Saturday on like Fox and ABC and like different every night it was on a different cable network. Um, and they showed the first two episodes, uh, which was an interesting strategy. Yeah. But with, with this show being so un star Wars and at first glance, if you, if you were just on just scrolling through TV, like what's this show? And there was no indication that it's Star Wars in those first two episodes. Do you yeah. think that like this could bring in a new audience for Star Wars? Like, could people get so invested in this that they say, "Oh, there's Rogue One. Let me go watch this," and then they're like, "Oh, this is interesting. Maybe I should go watch what happens next." Like, do you think Andor could bring in a new audience, or is it so different that once they saw that it was you know Star Wars or something different, they would be turned off to it? That's tough because I think mm-hmm. at the core you're going to have, I don't know. I I don't think that's going to be something they're going to be able to rely on sure. consistently. Sure. I think this show is set up for a specific base of people, of fans mm-hmm. that understand the universe. They know what's going on, have seen Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. I, I'd be curious to see how many people have watched this show that haven't seen Rogue One. I'd be really that's curious. That's a really to good see question. If there's anyone that's just watched this without knowing what happened in Rogue One and they're like, oh, well, if mm-hmm. you want to see what happens to the end of this guy, like <laughs> check out Rogue One, mm-hmm. ready to be in depressed. But <laughs> I, I feel like just releasing that episode, that almost may have hurt them more than it helped them if they did that. Really? Is that something they did? It's like that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They released the first two okay. episodes on cable. See, those first two episodes were pretty pretty dry. I feel like they'd be yeah. way better off giving us a little taste of a cool scene somewhere in there instead of mm-hmm. a full episode. And I wonder if they had some reviews back about the show and they made, because they did extend it. It was supposed to come out way before it did, right? Uh, it, got, it got pushed back by a little It got while, pushed right? back a month. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's not bad. But I think, I can't remember, because that's why we got the Rogue One re-release. 
I don't mm. remember why it got pushed back though. I, uh, I wonder if what you're saying is right. I wonder if they had to like go back into the edit suite and fix pacing issues. They wanted to. I mean, they they still exist, in my opinion. Again, I I've seen so many people who would disagree <laughs> strongly with me. Yeah. But I was bored I, out of my mind. I don't know. It's tough because watching it every night. If I was to watch it straight through, no breaks, uh-huh. I think I would. I think I would see it much more apparent than maybe I did. Because just watching episode by episode as it's being dropped, I'm just sitting there like. I'm starved of some good Star Wars content mm-hmm. recently, so I will be gobbling that up so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. And, and Anything that's, like, you know, even, like, a three out of five, like, I'm mm-hmm. going to be... Mm, and that's something over. that, like, you kind of have to consider, too, when you're talking mm-hmm. about, like, different things. Like, one of my favorite critics, he says, like, the greatest movie of all time is Lawrence in Arabia, but only if you see it in a theater. If you watch it just at home, it's oh, not yeah. going to be that. It's not going to have the same impact. And it's kind of the same way, like, I I wonder, the reason I need to rewatch it is because I wonder if my experience watching it is what affected mm. how I felt. Because uh, I was watching it week to week. Um, and That's got to be why I was watching like it week, the week to week so much more. And I was watching it, uh, like, at two or three in the morning, and I'm like... You know, I've been up all day You're working. Tired. You know, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. The There's just a bunch of monologues. There's nothing like super like <laughs> engaging to keep my interest. Yeah. And so I wonder if that has an, an aspect of why I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy that show as much. Because the other thing is because I was getting so tired and I was bored of it, I wasn't doing it at two or three in the morning every week. Sometimes I was waiting until the next day and a lot of those episodes were the ones that I enjoyed a lot more. So I wonder if just my experience with the show yeah ended up being part of why I didn't love mm-hmm. it as much as everybody else. I waited till Thursday each week to watch it. Cause okay. I just, just worked I worked on schedule. Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I can just wake up Thursday morning before class and I have like an hour to kill and I'm just going to mm-hmm. roll over, turn on the star Wars. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I think, I think that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. I think, especially recently as we're going back to theaters mm-hmm. since being away from for a while, I wonder if that has kind of ruined your like at home movie experience. Just I the mean, fact that you're obviously it's going to, you're going to get a higher quality sitting, you know, in a theater, but yes. just in general, how much different it is than being in your own. Like I, I haven't watched, I think Top Gun is out on like HBO or something. Is it? Um, I think it's out somewhere. I think it was viewable. I know you can like buy it on digital stores. Maybe, maybe it's like a purchasable mm-hmm. thing. But I was sitting there like, if I rewatch this movie in my living room with like my TV speakers, I am right. not going to be impressed. <laughs> I'm going to be so. I'm going to be so let down. There's no way mm-hmm. I can watch this movie normally. Like I can only watch it in theaters. Right? Yeah. There's like maybe down the road, if I ever maybe I've had like a good audio system, but even then, mm-hmm. the IMAX screen with the Dolby Atmos surround sound—I don't think you can. That's a sponsorship, by the way. Go check. <laughs> um, but I just—I just don't think you can. You can top that, you know. I, it's just yeah. I'm gonna be let down if I don't get that experience. Yeah, I wonder if that's because, like you were saying, like this movie, this show. You could have just released the arcs in theaters 
and it would have been incredible. I wonder if yeah. like that had would an have been, aspect. It would have been very risky. It w- they probably would not have yeah. made their money back anywhere close. But no. gosh, imagine them releasing like an hour and a half long episode like throughout a year. You know, every two months you get a new mm-hmm. episode in theaters and then it comes to Disney Plus if you don't want to watch it in theaters. God, I would, mm, I'd be so excited for that. That'd be so fun. I'd even be, I think I said, yeah, go ahead. I would even be interesting to see like, if if they released it on Disney Plus like they normally would, but then mm-hmm. maybe before the finale or even like right after, if, if then they released the Ooh. first few in theaters, or if they said, yeah. "Okay, everybody loves the prison, the prison sequences. Let's play mm. those three episodes in theaters, or maybe even do yeah. uh, like a s- special cut of it where it's only the the it's prison just, sequences, and so you don't have everything else going on. You just it's just a straight cut mm-hmm. of all of them. I know we're getting and maybe we're some getting, like we're extra getting, footage. Yeah, we're getting so footage. off topic now, but like uh, that's something that they do. And really see, oh, yeah, man, so that's something God. they do with like with classic Doctor Who. They would have like these six, seven episode arcs. They were all yeah. like half an hour, and so what they'll do is they'll cut out some of the fluff. They'll add in some extra scenes, and they'll put them all together, mm-hmm. and like they'll make it seem like a seem like they'll make it seem like it's supposed to be a movie, and then mm-hmm. they will release it in theaters, and it's always a cool experience. That could be really interesting for them to do with something like Andor. That would yeah. completely change the way was, that they've attacked Star Wars so far, and I feel so like Andor cool. is the only show at this point that they could pull yeah. that off with. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah did Did Gilroy direct everything, or did he write? Just uh, write? no, Tony Gilroy was the creator. Um, they okay. had different directors, and I think they might have had a writing writers room. Um, okay, but. Yeah, yeah. That's like so curious to me because I think I was looking at the IMDb page and I noticed that there were different directors for different episodes, mm-hmm. and then there were like every three episodes they swapped cinematographers too. Yeah, which yeah, was yeah. That's that's like a, the, the, very, give every three episodes to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's typical for TV shows. I haven't really been involved with a lot of like television. But yeah, it's that's pretty that's normal. So strange. Okay, that's mm-hmm. like pretty good. Just because, like, how does it all so like flow similarly? Like, oh, interesting. Yeah, but I didn't want to. Sound like, man, and and they'll do that with a lot of things. So they might have like an, yeah. an editor might edit three episodes, mm-hmm. and most yeah, of the time it's yeah. like in a row. But sometimes it'll be like every yeah. other always, or whatever. Always bounce around. Yeah, yeah, just to divide the labor because doing every single episode would take so long for everybody yeah. to do. Uh, they almost I did had notice. To. I think one of the directors had done a few episodes of um, Sherlock Holmes and did a few Doctor Who episodes, I think, too. Interesting. One of them, one of them did. Yeah, it's interesting you pointed out the Doctor Who connection there. Mm-hmm. That's just because I love yeah, Doctor I think, Who way too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. Wait, what? Oh, okay. So, uh, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I think some theatrical releases of some TV series would go mm-hmm. crazy. I think I remember begging for that last Clone Wars series. If they released the Siege of Mandalore in theaters, I would, you, um, I would mad. actually die. I would, oh, I would no longer exist. I would just, I would drop dead the minute it started. I wouldn't, I wouldn't survive. 
I think seeing Maul at Ahsoka to, fight, like, oh, it I would think be I was so talking good. to someone on campus about it. I was like, dude, could you imagine just just give it to us in the theaters? Give me that big screen because it. I, mean, I don't so even want to think about it because it's gonna make me. It's gonna yeah. make me too sad that it doesn't exist. <laughs> I I think we get the buzz going, we make it happen, but. Yeah, we got really off topic. First, folks. We got really <laughs> off topic, but you know what? I think we had some really great discussion. Oh, so good. And I, I am okay curious, though. Yeah. I am curious, though, about, like, what section of Star Wars do people like the most? Like, I need, like, yeah. a poll, you know? I feel like a poll's coming here. I feel... I need to know... I mean, are, are, you, are you saying, like, prequel, original, yeah, sequel? Yeah, what section of star wars do people like the most like what, i feel like what would you like to be explored more and maybe even like I, I feel like the question you're asking is wrong public stuff because mm, okay. because i think the obvious answer is the original trilogy and pre-rebellion types of i think that's the most liked Ugh, but who wants but what should be the most explored but what should be the oh. most explored that's another question that i think could be interesting because i feel like right. you, there's a good argument for Old Republic, mm. but I think there's yeah. also with the Mandalorian being as successful as it is, I feel like pre sequel trilogy or post original trilogy is maybe yeah. has the most interest. Hmm. All right, I need to know. I need a poll. I need to know. What All right, you guys it's, want? It's, that's going to be one of our Spotify polls this week. So if you're listening on Spotify, or if you're not, oh, go to Spotify and go answer our poll. Which which era of Star Wars do you want to see explored the most? Just Vote Republic because you know that's the right answer. <laughs> let's just let's just, just appease Brendan. He's been he's cool. been doing he's been working so hard coming on the podcast <laughs> these past couple of weeks. <laughs> he's oh, been really pulling man. his weight. This is all this is all he wants in return. Yep, just please give me your votes. <laughs> I think, I'd like to thank the academy. Uh, Brendan, do you have any final thoughts on Andor, or is it even really Star Wars? Do you think Andor is even really Star Wars? I guess I guess you kind of answer that here at the here at the oh. front. It's for sure. It's for sure Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's different, but it's Star Wars. Yes. I don't think there's there's not much arguing against it, minus the minus maybe if you're really looking for like a super intense score, you know. There are no Jedi. Specific. And well, there are hopefully <laughs> no Jedi. I do not want any Jedi in my Andor show. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, no, no Jedi, but. I think it's good. I think it works. Yeah. yeah, I I I do like Andor. I, I, I want to make that clear. Like I did enjoy the show. It wasn't a bad yeah. show. It just wasn't as I don't it's, think it, it's, it's as great as everyone else thinks it is at this point you think in time. It could be better? I think it I think it could have been better. Yeah. Uh yeah. one of and I I I worked some people who they absolutely hated this show. Um and just all all on on the podcast on this. Uh, one of them said, "Like, yeah, like Andy Circus, like he almost he he like Andy Circus saved Andor. He just couldn't swim." <laughs> and, <laughs> and and that I was so sad. Oh my gosh! It they did so good. That whole scene it was oh, tragic. Like, like heart, like just oh, right in the chest the whole time because you mm-hmm. know how it's gonna end. Oh man. you've been listening to the popcorn hangover i'm alex that is brendan we've been discussing 
Andor, the newest show from Star Wars. Let us know what your thoughts were on Andor on all the things. Instagram, TikTok, Patreon.com slash the popcorn hangover. Next week, uh, we are diving into uh, a lesser known film uh, that uh, is starring some people who you will know. And we're, we're getting into Oscar season, everybody. So uh, that's up. That's, Oscar watch. That, that's all I'll say. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. All right.